Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our online internet church service. I'm so glad that you're here today, and I believe right where you're at, regardless of where that would be around God's big, beautiful earth, I believe that the Word of the Lord will reach you and minister to you today through the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Now, let's take our Bibles today and go to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6. And we're going to drop down to verse 38, and I want to share some things so that the windows of heaven are opened over your life, and so that they stay open. Now, in verse 38, Jesus said, Give, and it will be given to you. And that's what we're going to do in just a moment. We're going to bring the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of the Lord. But the Lord wants the windows of heaven to be open so He can pour out continual blessings into your life. That would certainly include financial blessing. And Jesus said, Give, and it will be given to you. So we initiate this divine principle by giving. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, as you give, and the Lord gives unto you, remember, God does not reach His hand down from heaven with a long arm, and there in His hand He's got some money, and says, here, I'm returning your giving back to you a hundredfold. Here it is. Take it. Well, that would have to be a really long arm, but my friends, we also know that that's not the way that the Lord works. When the Lord works, He works through people. Give, and it will be given to you. How? Through people. And so, God touches the hearts of people to show kindness towards you, and don't be surprised when it happens not only through Christians who might do something nice for you, but so often even through total unbelievers who don't know the Lord, don't serve the Lord, yet because of your giving, God touches their hearts and causes men to give unto you. They will give back to you. It will be put into your bosom. So what I wanted to share today is that you need to be aware that God is not limited in how He can bring your harvest to you. He is not limited in the way through which He can pour the blessing. Well now, Pastor Stephen, He has to pour it through a totally clean vessel. Well, maybe there's not too many clean vessels in the area. Remember that when Elijah was there at the brook in a remote area down in the valley, a little bitty stream, and God provided for him the water from the stream, but He also brought to him bread and meat, and it was carried by the ravens twice a day, once in the morning, once in the afternoon. But don't forget that under the Mosaic law, a raven was considered an unclean bird. Yet here was the Lord using something unclean 
to bring provision into the life of the man of God. And I'm here to tell you as a personal witness of this in my own life, that God can bless you through the righteous and he can also bless you through the sinner. Wow. Hallelujah. And when God puts it upon somebody's heart to bless you, all you have to do is just receive praise the Lord. So my friends, the harvest being placed into your life, being placed into your bosom, sometimes literally being handed to you, doesn't mean that it's always brought to you in the hands of a spirit-filled, tongue-talking, miracle-believing, God-praising believer, okay? It doesn't always work like that. Sometimes it can happen through somebody who might cuss, might smoke an old cigar, might be pretty rough around the edges, but yet God can touch that person's heart, and they want to show kindness towards you. Well, Pastor Stephen, what should I do? Well, I would highly encourage you to receive it because it's the Lord pouring through that individual. Praise God. Please be aware that God can bless you through all types of avenues. Give, and it will be given to you. See, if you do your part with just the giving, God will do his part of making sure that it's given unto you. How does he do that? Through people. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. In other words, packed as just densely as possible. So as much can be put in there for you as possible. And running over, that would be excess. That would be more than enough. That would be in that area of like, hey, Lord, this is not just being able to get a car. This is being able to get the kind of vehicle I would really like. Lord, praise you. Hallelujah. I'm just telling you that when you really have a heart to be a giver, then you'll see heaven opened over your life. And as long as you keep in that giving spirit, it will stay open. But if you get greedy and stingy, and if all you think about is ways to personally consume it upon your own self-interest, not that you don't have some own self-interest, but when it becomes complete self-interest, then you have turned like into what the scientists call in outer space, a black hole. You're just consuming. It's all about self. It's all about self. No heart for the Lord. No heart for the gospel being preached. It's all about self. You got to get more so that you can go out and get more stuff. But when you have a heart to give, oh yes, there is receiving and that's a part of it. But when you have a heart to give, that's what opens the windows of heaven and keeps them open over your life. For with the same measure that you use in your giving, it will be measured back to you. So when you give very generously, and when you give with good motives, with a good heart, then it's going to come back to you with such freedom and such joy, with no strings attached, with no manipulation involved in it, just a good, pure, clean harvest. Praise God. Why? Because that's the type of seed, that's the type of giving that you sowed when you gave. You saw a need, you sensed the Holy Spirit in that need, you responded to that, my friends, God will bless you. Now, one more chapter and verse, and this would be Malachi chapter 3 that you're very familiar with, but in Malachi chapter 3 verse 8, the prophet Malachi 
with the Lord speaking through him, said, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, What way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. So let me share this. The tithe, which is 10% of all of your increase, okay? So if you went to work and you earned a paycheck for a two-week period, the tithe belongs to the Lord. The tithe is not an offering. The tithe is something that God says, that's mine. That already belongs to me. Woo! Praise the Lord. So the tithe, which is 10% of all of your increase, belongs to the Lord. Well, Pastor Stephen, I gave, I gave the Lord the tithe. Well, that's good, but it already belonged to him in the first place. The tithing establishes you into that financial covenant. But you also must remember, the prophet said, that in the response where God was saying, you've robbed me, how? In tithes and offerings. Mm. Now, the tithe belongs to the Lord. And when you honor the Lord by giving him what is already rightfully his, you show honor and respect to the Lord. The financial covenant begins to form. And now it's your offerings. Okay. It's your offerings that give God the legal right to multiply harvest back to you. Wow. Praise the Lord. So really you can truly say after you've tithed and then you give an offering, then you can truly say, I have now become a giver because the tithe already belongs to the Lord. But the offerings, that's what will also really open the heavens. And as long as you continue to be a giver and you have that giving heart, that joyful heart of a giver, let me tell you this, you'll always have some money on you. Always, always. And because this is the way that me and my wife live, I've always got some money somewhere. Praise God. Why? Because I just always want to be ready. Oh, oh, not that I, I need to, you know, always be looking for a mall where I can go shop. Look, I've got shoes. I've got suits and clothes and stuff like that. I'm not even really in a mind frame to go shopping. I'm in a mind frame of Lord, should you move upon me by your spirit upon a righteous need? I'm ready because I've got some seed to sow. Oh, I've already paid the tithe, but I've got some seed to sow. Designate it just for that purpose. And the more that you give, the more that you give, the windows of heaven just stay open and God starts pouring. Mm, mm, mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. Now, when the blessings begin to come into your life, don't, don't miss a blessing because it's coming through a vehicle or platform that may not be you know, like an angel walking up to you and giving you the blessing. It could come through your job. You could get a raise. You could get a promotion. And it could be a substantial raise. But yet the company is maybe just a, you know, a company of the world. Maybe, maybe they're selling a product, whether it's oil or maybe they're selling a product. Uh, it could be hose and rakes. Who knows? You know, shovels or whatever it might be. But, my friends, there's all different types of ways in order that God can bless you. And if you'll just work his word, it'll start working for you. It'll start working for you. And you'll just begin to have more and more. So why? So that you can always be ready to give. Always ready to give. Not ready to take. Ready to give. Praise the Lord. The receiving is easy. 
The receiving is easy. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The Lord is good. So with that in mind, we're going to now receive the tithes and offerings into the storehouse. But I want you to open up. Look, your harvest can come from the other side of the world. Your harvest can come from somebody who's maybe not even a believer. But God moves upon their heart to buy you a house. To pay off all of your debts. Who knows? But I've seen the Lord do things in my life where He has worked through some people that, um, I would say it like this, not very sanctified people. Uh, I've had the Lord work through some Christians that were really, um, I wouldn't trust them with my money. But yet God touched their hearts to give and to be a blessing into my life. And because God touched their heart, they did it. Now, I, I don't know if they're ever going to do it again, but I'm not looking to them because they're not my source. The Lord is my source. And if you'll tie in to God's principles, which is the tithe and offering, you start living on His kingdom principles, you'll find out that no matter what is going on in the economy of your nation or the economy of the world, regardless of whether there are layoffs, regardless of whether there is recession, you'll find out that you will be exempted from insufficiency and lack because the covenant prevails over all earthly circumstances. And you won't feel that heat. But if you ever clam up, if you ever clam up and you stop the flow, that's when you also stop the windows of heaven from pouring out. Pastor Stephen, back in 1978, I gave a phenomenal offering. Well, that was a long time ago. That, you know, so this is something that you live in, that you walk in. And long as you continue to do that, you will never have lack or insufficiency in your life. And also, the assignments that God has given to you, they, the provision for that will come forth. It will come forth. Heavenly Father, I pray for everybody today that is honoring you, that makes that quality covenant decision to honor you by bringing your tithe into the storehouse and by sowing seed. I thank you, Father God, that they will never know lack, that they will always have ample provision. They will always have more than enough. They will always have seed to sow for spirit-led kingdom projects. Father, we thank you. We thank you in the name of Jesus for this excellent standard of living that is available in Christ through your biblical covenant principles. In Jesus' name we pray. We all agree and say amen. Now, those of you that prefer to mail in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. The zip code here is 28654. Now, if you would prefer to bring the tithes and offerings in online, it's encrypted. It's very safe, very secure. Please go to the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There is a link on the homepage called Tithes and Offerings, Sow and Reap, and you can do so, and they will come immediately into the storehouse of the Lord. You're going to reap good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You're going to be able to live the life that God wants you to live. You're going to be able to live the life that you want to live. You're going to be happy in your spirit, and you're just going to be a giver. 
going to be a giver. Woo, going to be a giver and able to respond. Able to respond always because you're blessed. Praise God. Father, we thank you for open heavens in the name of Jesus. Amen. Woo, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, let's take our Bibles today and go over to the gospel of Matthew. And I want to talk about the subject of where is God going? Because wherever he's going, we certainly need to be going with him. And today I want you to understand that there is a path that the Lord is taking, that he is taking us on. And I'm not just talking about reaching heaven. Mm, praise the Lord. So let's jump into this today. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 4. And let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would illuminate the Scriptures. Give us understanding, understanding, understanding of your ways. Thank you, Father God. Help us to walk in the light of your Word. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. The Word of God is it's like a mirror. You can look into it, and it will give you a reflection. It will say, we need to make a little modification here. We, you know, you can look at yourself and say, oh, there's a little blemish here. Let's, let's fix that up. Uh, let's work on that. Let's comb the hair, whatever it might be. But whenever you look in the Word, it's also a mirror. And it brings healing. It brings strength. And it brings health. And as you allow it to come into you, it will conform you into the image of God's dear Son, the Lord Jesus. Now, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 3, it says, Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, and you know he brings the if, the suggestion of doubt, if you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. The devil never really wants you to believe who God says you are. He wants you to doubt that. He wants you to think that you're nobody, that in some ways you're insignificant, that you will never accomplish anything, that you're unimportant, and that your life has no value. All of that is a lie. Jesus was and is the Son of God, will always be. But the devil will always try to insert the if. He tried to do it to the Lord. He'll try to do it to you too. Know who you are in the Lord, and don't ever back off of that. Praise God. Believe in the Lord, and believe in who He says you are. Mm -mm. Now the world will tell you to believe in yourself. I mean, you, you could be a murderer, and they'll say, believe in yourself. <laughs> you could be an evil person. Uh, you know, that's, that's awful. They'll say, believe in yourself. But because you are in Christ, and He is in you, you can believe in yourself in the sense of who He says you are. Verse 4, but He answered and said, it is written, man, that would be you and I, man shall not live by bread alone. Well, he didn't say that you don't need bread, because if you don't eventually eat, you're going to die, unless there's a certain anointing or a certain, a certain grace given uh, in a situation like that. And that, that's happened quite often, actually, throughout church history. Maybe someday I'll teach a message on that. I could easily sit down and give you, oh, at least 30 well-known names. I'm, I'm not talking like 
you know, hidden under a bushel somewhere. I'm talking very well-known names, all looked into, all documented by governmental authorities and others that just, you know, you know, that were like, how is this happening? Of uh, people, of saints. When I say people, I'm talking about saints, very holy men and very holy women that just got over into a place on this earth, not in heaven, on this earth where they were walking so close with the Lord that they were living literally off fellowship with God and the Holy Communion. Take uh, the bread and, and, the, and the juice, take the body and the blood once a day and just walk so close with God that they didn't eat. And I could give you many names of many uh, throughout church history that have come into that place. But for the normal course of life, man shall not live by bread alone. So you're going to need some bread. And I would probably throw in there maybe a, a little steak and potatoes too. Uh, and of course, bread, we would definitely have to include pizza. And we all said, praise the Lord. Amen. Okay, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. But, okay, so there's the natural and now there's the spiritual. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So, here, when Jesus said, but by every word, word there in the Greek is not logos. Logos meaning the entire word of God. Genesis chapter 1, all the way to Revelation chapter 22, and everything in between, it's all the word of God. That's the logos word of God. And of course, you want the logos on the inside of you, because when the Holy Spirit needs to pull something up, uh, you know, he's going to be able to pull up what's on the inside of you. He can make an exception and give you a scripture that you, you've never heard of before, but it'll be in there. And he's told me some scriptures before, or the the Word of God before, and I've said, I know that's in the Bible somewhere, I just didn't know where it was. Well, you can grab a concordance, or just grab your smartphone, and pull it up, you know, pull up the, you know, just write out or say the, the, the statement, and it'll pull it up. And I found out, yep, there it is, praise the Lord. But my friends, what we're seeing here for word, W-R-D, in the Greek is actually rhema, R-H-E-M-A. And rhema is it's different from Logos. Logos is the whole book. It's the Word of God. But Rhema is more specific. It's a living word. And really, when you look into that word in the Greek, Rhema, that's really what it comes down to. It's the now word. It's the living word. Okay, so here's something that you have to understand. It says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. Ah, here's something that's fascinating about God. That while the holy canon of Scripture, when I say canon, I'm not talking about a canon that shoots a cannonball. The, the word canon means like a complete book, okay? And that's what this is. We have these different authors and uh, these different men that all wrote under the inspiration of one Holy Spirit, and it is the complete canon of Scripture. So that's closed. That is full. That is complete. But you have to still understand that God, although the, the Bible is, is complete doesn't mean that God doesn't talk anymore. God still speaks. What does He speak? He speaks the Rhema word. So the Rhema word, which is the now word for your life. Okay. So let's get, let me give you an example. You could go back to the book of Genesis, and you could be reading through a book that's thousands of years old. It was written thousands of years ago, but the Holy Spirit can move upon a verse or a short passage of Scripture, and it becomes so alive, you think, wow, uh, that's like God's talking to me. 
Well, yes, he is. That's exactly what's going on. He's talking to you in real time. Well, I thought that was written a couple thousand years ago. Yeah, but this is not, this is not like Homer's Odyssey or the Iliad or some, you know, mythological book. This is not um, Shakespeare. All of that stuff that's outside of that, this, all of that other stuff is dead, has no life in it. But this is a living book. It's inspired by God. And as you go through it, you can catch those rhemas from the Lord. And really, that's what you live off of because it is a preceding word. And it's very, very important to go with the preceding word. Pastor Stephen, what is the preceding word? Well, I would say it like this. It's, it's what you're being fed with that actually feeds you. And it's, and it's agreeing with your, with your spirit, okay? It's bringing that peace into you. I've actually had many people email my ministry. Pastor Stephen, I'm in complete fear because of certain biblical teaching I've heard. And I'm like, wait a minute. How can God's Word, which is full of faith, put you in total fear? Well, you're not hearing you're not hearing the right word. You're hearing something that's been construed. You're hearing something maybe that was taught, uh, you know, from a person trying to do what's right, but they're filtering it wrong, and thus it's not producing the right result. Well, that's definitely not the preceding word of the Lord that's being spoken. If it's, being put, if it's putting you in fear and making you want to shut your business down, sell your house, Pack a few belongings into a car or a van and drive off into the remote wilderness of Alaska and, you know, think you're going to live on your own out there and survive all the fear that's going on everywhere. Well, it's not like, you know, you're going to get to Alaska and be exempt from everything that's going on. Because, look, there's grizzly bears in Alaska. And then you're going to get out there, out in the middle of nowhere, and you're going to realize that thing wants to eat you. And you didn't bring a gun. You didn't bring any way to defend yourself. And so, you know what? Fear can follow you. So, my friends, we need to hear the preceding word of the Lord. It is a word that is alive, that's living, and it, it teaches you. It, I would even say it mentors you. And it instructs you and carries you forward in the path that God has for your life. Praise the Lord. In other words, when you hear the rhema word that is proceeding out of the mouth of the Lord for that moment, for that season of your life, then you get this overwhelming sensation, yes, God is in this. I sense God is in this, and this is what I'm supposed to do. This is the, the direction I'm supposed to go. Now, this is what the Lord showed me. The Lord said this to me. He, he showed me this, and he, he revealed it to me by revelation. He said, if you are not hearing the preceding word, then you are not proceeding. Woo! Let's step back and go over that one more time. He showed it to me, and I also heard it. He said, if you are not hearing the proceeding word. See, God didn't stop talking. He's still, he's still talking. No, we're not adding any more chapters and verses or anything like that. This is the Holy Bible. We're not taking anything away from it. We're not adding anything to it. But I'm just saying that God speaks in agreement, 
in harmony with his word, and he can still guide and direct you in the life that you're living here on this earth. And if you are not hearing the proceeding word, then you are not proceeding. Well, Pastor Stephen, what will happen if I'm not hearing that proceeding word? Well, what will happen is that many things in your life will start to look very, very familiar. They will become very, very redundant. Why, Pastor Stephen? Well, it's because, quite frankly, you're going around the same mountain over and over again. You're just going around the same mountain over and over again. And you're thinking, wonder why nothing's, nothing's really uh, changing. Seems like the same atmosphere. Seems like I saw that rock three years ago. Well, you did. Seems like I've seen that cactus before. Yep, it just grew since last time you saw it. Got a little bit bigger. But yes, it's the same cactus. My friends, if you're not moving, you can get left behind in more ways than one. You can get left behind in technology. You can get left behind and try to live off yesterday's bread, yesterday's revelation. Pastor Stephen, I only liked the music back in the 1960s, the Christian music. That's all we ever play in our church. Hmm. Well, you, you, might, you may, have time grow, uh, may have a difficult time growing a church like that. My wife, Kelly, was driving along and uh, through the local area and saw uh, a certain church that had a billboard, uh, no, not a bill, big billboard, just a little side, signage out front, um, you know, like four foot by six foot. And it said on the sign, at a very little church, it said on the sign, unapologetically old fashioned. In other words, we're not changing anything for anybody. We're going to we're going to still stay in this certain track. We're going to stay in this certain mode. And we don't care what else God is doing. We don't care what else is going on in the church. So you have to see the global work that God is doing in the church. But people that, that are not willing to track with the Holy Spirit, they'll get, they'll get left behind. They'll get stuck. And it's literally like if you try to visit with them or talk with them, you, you realize, hey, the tide went out a long time ago. And uh, uh, they remember when the tide came in. And it is true that a rising tide, it will lift all boats. It will lift all denominations when there's a move of God's Spirit. It will bless uh, the various streams of the Christian faith. But as we've seen throughout church history with moves of God and revivals, that the tide comes in. There's a move of the Spirit. Like the Hebrides, or the, sometimes called the Hebrides revival, okay, they're in Scotland. And it was a glorious outpouring of the Spirit. But you know, you walk around in Scotland today, this doesn't seem like really anybody knows about that, okay? Why? The, the tide came in, the revival was glorious, but it was not sustained, and so the tide went back out. And now, when the tide's back out, everything gets back lower again, lowers down. And if the tide goes way out, you know, you've got this this beach with all these clams and oysters and scallops and stuff like that. And uh, sometimes it can get a little stinky in low tide. Especially if you live in the Bay Area close to these, uh, these inlets that would flow into the, the oceans or the gulfs. Well, my friends, we have to understand that the Lord wants to do a fresh and a new thing.
And while we study church history, and we study the Word because we need to understand the moving of the Spirit, and also understand where mistakes were made by those in the faith so that we can do better with the next work of the Spirit of God. But we need to be ready for something new, because it's not going to look like the Jesus movement in the 60s or 70s. Pastor Stephen, we're going to have another hippie Jesus movement. Well, you can wear tie-dye shirts, and you can bleach your hair blonde and let it grow down to your waist, and walk around in, you know, wore-out shorts and flip-flops, but that doesn't mean the Holy Spirit's going to come back upon that same-looking scenario and start moving the same again. No, that was the 60s. That was the 70s. And what God is going to do is going to be new, praise the Lord, and it's going to be fresh. And you need to be living off, yes, pizza, steak, potatoes, or if you're a vegetarian, you know, carrots or whatever, bread, whatever, whatever might make you happy. But you need to also be living off of the rhema word that is now proceeding. It's what, what is coming out of God's mouth right now, because he's talking about where he's going and where he's taking the church to. Mm, mm, mm. Woo! Hallelujah! Praise God. Pastor Stephen, what is coming? Maybe we can get into that a little bit later today. But when you begin to hear the preceding word, you will begin to get dialed in into, I would call it a spiritual GPS. You have GPS in your car, GPS on your phone. Uh, you know where this is at. Of course, they know where you're at. Everybody knows where everything's at. But, the, but God knows what's going on. And see, the devil, he's not omniscient like God is. Oh, he's not even close. He's, he's really just a fallen angel. Yes, he was an archangel. He was over what we would call the worship department. But he was never divine. Never was, never is, never could, never will be. He just can't. He's just a fallen angel, an outlaw, rebel spirit. So, he does not know everything. He doesn't even know what's coming next. He doesn't know what the next move of God is. He gets really nervous thinking about what it could be. He, he gets very agitated and fearful when he considers what it might be. But he doesn't really know. Ah, but we can have understanding. We can have understanding because what's going to come in next to the church is more than just a tidal surge. What's coming next is a tidal wave of glory. Mm. There is a dream that I have had over literally over 100 times of a tsunami of God's spirit of glory and power. Unlike anything the church has ever seen before. And what it is, it is a combining together of all of the moves of the Spirit throughout church history, including the early church, okay? It is a, is a combining all of that together, and it's all coming in for the end-time church for sole purpose. Because when it begins to happen, it won't last too long. It's for a sole purpose to see over 1 billion souls saved for the Lord Jesus Christ. Pastor Stephen, you obviously haven't been watching the news like I have. Pastor Stephen, the next thing that's coming is the dirty Antichrist, and we're ready for him. I've got my guns. I've got beans and rice stored up. I'm ready for the Armageddon shootout. 
That is the preceding word coming out of the news media. That is the preceding word coming out of Christian media that loves to sell books and hot CDs. But it is not the preceding word coming out of the mouth of the Lord for what's coming next. Because I know. Hallelujah. Because I've heard from the Lord. Hallelujah. And the other stuff's kind of fun, kind of cool. I mean, who doesn't like studying Revelation, the Apocalypse, Armageddon, and all of that? I mean, who doesn't like it? I mean, it's the, the book of Revelation is so amazing, the only book in the Bible, that there's actually a promise attached to it that if you read it, you'll get a blessing. It doesn't even say you have to understand it. <laughs> Just if you read it, you'll get a blessing. So I love the book of Revelation. But... We are not yet going into those, those times. Now, praise the Lord. Some have said that the evangelistic days of like a Billy Graham or what we have seen in the past of stadium crusades could never happen again in America. Why do they say that? Because they're prophets? No, because they've been watching too much TV. They've been, that's, that's all it is. Not enough prayer, too much TV. And so they are not prophesying the word of the Lord. They're just prophesying out of their soul, which would say, hey, that doesn't look like that could happen anymore. Well, since when are we supposed to prophesy from that dimension? Hallelujah. We're supposed to speak what God is sharing and revealing. But my friends, I'm here to tell you that there will be stadium evangelism again in America. Watch this. How about this? In the UK. Oh, no, Pastor Stephen, especially not in the UK, especially not in America. Only sporting events could fill those stadiums. Watch what God will do. Because he's going to get this harvest in no matter what. He's going to get the harvest in if he has to send angels to go to your house, to go to your bed, and pull you up out of the bed and say, get with it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The church will be awoken. How? By the glory. Trust me, it wakes everybody up. <laughs> it terrifies the devil too. <laughs> it's the glory. And as it begins to break forth, and it already is, you'll see, oh, God's not done yet. Oh, yes, I, I'm well aware that an Antichrist is eventually going to come on the scene. I'm well aware there is a false prophet who will come on the scene and will work deceiving, deceptive miracles. Mm. And I know that there is a mark that those who receive it, the mark of 666, those who receive it on their right hand or from their forehead, the Bible says that everyone who takes that mark, their fate is is sealed. They will all go into the lake of fire. Woohoo! Woo! Hallelujah! Mm -mm. Praise God. Pastor Stephen, I want to be left behind. I want to be a part of the great tribulation. Christians that say that, that think because they got them a pair of combat boots and a shotgun, they have no idea what they're saying. The hell on earth that will be unleashed during the tribulation period it's almost incomprehensible. And unless you are somehow in the 144,000 that are sealed, 12,000 out of each tribe, unless you're in that group and there's some kind of immunity and protection or you're assigned by the Lord to be here during that period, you do not want to be here. Because it's terror and horror beyond anything you can imagine. 
and the deception and the pressure will be so awful that any believers that are left behind, you, you either take that mark or you're going to get martyred. Hmm. It is so fierce that Satan and all of the principalities and powers, even wicked spirits in the heavenly realms, they will finally be thrown out of the second heaven. Where are they coming? Down here. Down here. And they will be walking around. It's going to be hell on earth. It will be cataclysmic. Cataclysmic. Volcanoes erupting. Things exploding. And don't forget about the big asteroid that's coming. And according to some genius astronomers, some NASA people that are brilliant in their mind, say it's already on the way. They even know the name of it. Mm, mm, mm. You need to be living for the Lord. So the nets are going to be pulled. The nets are going to be pulled. And the souls are going to be saved. And God is speaking. God is speaking the preceding word. It is so important that you hear him right now. Because when you hear the word, the word brings direction. It brings guidance. And now you're on track. Now your GPS is synced with God. Not the media. Not, not the people saying all kinds of stuff because it sells books and products. But it's all based on fear. And it's not what God is saying. God's going to have this harvest. Nothing's going to stop him. God's going to have a harvest of souls. An end time harvest of souls. And nothing is going to stop it from happening. Praise the Lord. There is a vast difference between persecution and the tribulation. Now, with persecution, you can pray and you can walk with the Lord and He can guide you, He can protect you. But even on the earth, there can still be persecution. There can be verbal persecution, there can be, uh, you know, media persecution. Various types of persecution, and many in certain countries are martyred because of their faith. But persecution and the tribulation are to two totally different things, and you can't confuse them because they are vastly different. The tribulation is for sinners who rejected God and were wicked, evil people that not only did evil, but they delighted in it. They delighted in it. That's that's who the tribulation is for. Mm -mm. And it's also the time where what we would say the age of the Gentiles, God working with the Gentile church, that time is completed. And now the Lord turns his eyes now focused upon the nation of Israel and their, uh, their awakening unto him. Yes, there will come the time they accept a false Messiah because anybody showing up, to quote, fix the problems of the world. We know he's false because the true Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth, has already come. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Pastor Stephen, what should I do to prepare? You should, you should really be hanging out with the Lord and be listening for the instructions from headquarters. Praise the Lord, because they're descending like dew. These instructions, these Words are descending now upon the people of the Lord. Man shall not live by bread alone. So you have to get hungry to eat. You have to say, Lord, I need a word from you. Lord, up to this far, you have guided me. But Lord, I need to know what is next. See, there's different seasons and times. And let me just say this from the perspective of ministry. Prophet 
Kenneth Hagin said that Jesus came to him in a vision one time and told him that for every minister that if they live their life for the Lord and walk and are led by the Spirit of God that there are four stages of ministry for every man every woman of God okay so brother Hagin made it through all four brother Hagin also said that Jesus told him in that vision that most ministers live and die in the first stage of ministry they never get to the second phase well it was a few years ago it's been about two and a half years now where I had a vision and the, the Lord Jesus himself came to me and he shared with me that I had now completed phase two of my ministry. In other words, I've made it through phase one, phase two, and he told me you're now in phase three of your ministry. And right after Jesus appeared to me in person and told me that, I found myself kind of, I, I didn't know this one prophet was going to be at a certain place, but there he was, he's in his 80s, one of the most esteemed prophets in the world. And uh, I saw him there, I said, I said, prophet, what does the Lord say? And he says, this is what the Lord says to you, that you have completed phase two of your ministry, and you're now in phase three. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. And he said other things too, along with those uh, prophetic words, praise the Lord. Amazing, amazing, amazing. What is that? That's a preceding word for now. So my ministry, in other words, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going by the words I received in phase one. Why? I've already fulfilled them by God's grace. They, they have been carried out. I heard them. I received them. I obeyed them. I walked it out. And so I accomplished that. What happens? Promotion. You go to the next level. Phase two. I was faithful with the things God me to do. God, you know, assigned me to do in phase two. How did you know what to do? Just listening to that preceding word, praying, picking up that witness of the spirit, picking up that element of the supernatural when it would happen. And I walked that out. And then I came in the phase three and we're, we are pushing all out now on phase three. And by God's grace, I plan on being faithful and make it in the phase four. Praise the Lord. My friends, with your life, you can't live on yesterday's word. Always a good word. Yes, Pastor Stephen, the Lord spoke to me in 1998. Well, that, that's beautiful. But, um, you know, we've moved on decades since then. And you need to see, what is the Lord saying to me? Mm -mm -mm. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. Praise God. I believe it's a good word. I believe it's going to come to you, and it's, uh, here's the thing, when it comes, it's gold. I mean, it's worth more than gold. When I say it's gold, I'm just saying, it, it'll, it'll hold you up, it'll work for you, it'll produce for you. So that's, that's how you live. And you've got to have it. You can't live without it no more than you can live without food. I think in the spirit realm, some of you, it's like you're trying to live off Snicker bars. And I, I really like a Snicker bar. They actually taste to me quite delicious. But <laughs> you, you can't live off stuff like that. You, gotta have, you have to have a strong word from the Lord. You have to have a good word from the Lord. And when you get it, that direction, that guidance. And some of you, you know, you're like, hey, Pastor Stephen, I, 
I, you don't have to convince me anymore. I know. I, I believe it. Look, all I'm saying, you really need to go after the, the now word that God has for your life. Because if you're not hearing the preceding word or the now word, you are not proceeding into the now thing that God has for you. And you don't want to be stuck back in the 1990s. You don't want to be stuck back in 2010. Okay? You need to be moving with the Spirit of God. Praise God. I'm not talking about something unbiblical, but I am talking about something fresh that God is releasing into your life right now. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. If you get that preceding word, this is what it will do. This is what it will produce. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Can't you see what I'm saying, my friends, that if you will just get that word, seek God, cry out for God. God, give me the word. God, feed me. God, feed me. I need your word more than I need my food. Hallelujah. Then you will eat. If you're hungry, you will eat. Mm, 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 mm. Pastor Stephen, all the restaurants are, cold, are closed. God's restaurant never closes. Mm. He'll feed you. And if you get it, he can't lie. He cannot lie. Well, Pastor Stephen, I got the word, but whoo, it was a doozy. Hey, yeah, but he can't lie. And if you'll just get it, if you'll just get it, he will do what he said he will do. He will make it good. He will make it good. And that is the reward of seeking. That is the reward of placing God's word as the highest standard for your life. Mm. Woo. You get God's word. You're going to go. You're, you'll start flying. You're going to go up. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18. I want to read this from the New Living Translation. Hebrews 6, verse 18. So God has given both His promise and His oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. My friends, if you get the word of the Lord, Pastor Stephen, I got the word. I, I was in the word, and it says Jonah was swallowed by a large fish. I believe it. <laughs> But that, that, that's true. I believe it too. That's the Logos Word of God. But unless you are a sailor, or maybe you're going to cross the ocean on a small boat, and you, you, know, you just need some assurance, I don't know, maybe you don't trust the boat. I, I, I don't know what the condition may be, but I, you know, nevertheless, you're going to get to the other side, even if, if a fish has to put you on his back and swim you over there. But I'm just saying, that may not be the preceding rhema word that you need. It's all good. But I'm talking about the rhema word. Would you dig and you cry out and you say, God, I've got to have it. I've got to have it. Or else I'm going to keep going around this same mountain. I want to stay stuck back in the 2010s. I've got to move, Lord, but I can't move without your word. Mm -mm. It is impossible for God to lie. If you get it, that word is gold. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Pastor Stephen, God can do anything. Mm, that's not true. That's taking that, uh, a few verses out of context. 
God can't lie. He can't lie. So he can't do any, everything and anything. He can't lie. God cannot lie, and he cannot do anything that would violate his character, his ethics, or his principles. He can't, he can't do anything that violates who he is. He cannot violate his word. He cannot lie. Praise God. So if you get his word, you can take it to the bank. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jeremiah chapter 1. Get ready. Because some of you, I would dare say, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, are about to receive a commissioning just like Jeremiah the prophet did. I'm not necessarily saying a commission into the office of a prophet or the commissioning into the ministry, but it could be the commissioning to start your own business where you and God are partners. It could be the commissioning to launch off into something new that God has assigned you to do. But that commissioning hinges upon the word of the Lord. Praise God. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. See, the, the prophetic ministry is really this simple. You see what you see. When I've had heavenly experiences or angelic visitations, uh, what the angel tell me, what, what they would tell me is what they tell me. I can't make it up. You know, hey, can you bring something different? Bring me a different message in a bottle. I don't like this one. No, it is what it is. If God opens my eyes to see into the spirit realm, I see what I see. I can't say, hey, let me turn the channel, Lord. I want to see something different. I want to see another area of heaven. It doesn't work like that. What does he see? An almond tree. You have to understand in the land of Israel that the almond tree is the first tree that, in a sense, wakes up. As a matter of fact, the root word in the Hebrew for almond tree means to watch and to be awake. Okay? So God was basically saying to him that as the almond tree wakes up first and buds and produces fruit coming out of winter first before the other trees do. In other words, this is the preceding word. This is the word of what I am saying now. And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. So the almond tree, the almond branch representing God's choice, the almond tree itself representing God's word, God's word revealing his choice can also carry the anointing for a commissioning. And that's exactly what was taking place right there with the prophet Jeremiah. He was commissioned how through the word of the Lord. Praise God. I sense that coming for some of you. And when it comes, when it comes, it is true. It will bring the strength, the power and the anointing to walk in it. Praise God. But you have to hear it. You have to be able to hear it. Praise the Lord. Again, this is Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12. The New Living Translation. And the Lord said, that's right. 
And it means that I am watching and I will certainly carry out all my plans. If you get the word, it contains the plans. If you get the word, it carries the power to fulfill the plans. That's why you need the preceding word for now. Why? You've already fulfilled many other things. You're not who you were in 1982. You're not who you were in 1999. And you're not even who you were in 2018. You know, that's not the same you anymore. You've gone on with the Lord. Yes, those were all learning experiences, all good times. Praise God for it. Maybe, maybe for some of you, they weren't good times. But nevertheless, this is where you're at now. And you have matured and grown in the Lord. And it is time for the almond tree to appear to you. In the sense, it's time for the now message to come to you. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. God's going to do it. God's going to give it to you. Praise God. Isaiah chapter 55 reveals this quite clearly. Let's take a look at it. At it. Isaiah 55. Let's go down to verse 10. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, today. Verse 10. For as the rain and snow come down from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. Woo! Did you catch it? Woo! It works the same way. So shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Pastor Stephen, I want to succeed in life. Well, if you want success, then you need the now word. That's what you're supposed to be living off of. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. Get ready for the new thing. Get ready for the new wine. The Lord revealed through the wedding at Cana that he saves the best wine for last. The Lord revealed through that story, through that wedding event, that what will come for the church in the last days of the church, the last times of the church before the Lord switches and begins to work with Israel after the church is taken up and the catching away of the saints, you have to understand he's going to pour out the best wine at the end and all the glory and the miracles and the mantles and the anointings are all coming up on the end time church to do exploits unlike anything ever seen in church history. And the equipping is unfolding right now. The words for it are coming right now. And as you walk out on that word, the word will support you. Mm -mm. You get the word. That word has the power to accomplish what, it, what its purpose is. That word has the power to cause you to succeed in doing the word which was sent to you. Praise God. And you do the hunger after the word more than you even do your food. Some people say in the natural, I'm starving. Well, you and I both know, no, you're, you're not starving. <laughs> you ate four hours ago. You don't even know what starvation is. May you never know. But that's not starving. But I would say you need to have an extreme appetite for the rainbow, uh, preceding word of the Lord. 
Because without it, you cannot move forward. Why? You, you don't know what to do. You don't, where, you don't know where to go. You may have a good idea, but a good idea and what God actually said can be vastly separated. Mm -mm. Lord, we give you praise today. One more. Ezekiel chapter 13. Lord, we give you praise. Ezekiel chapter 13. Let's drop down, please, to verse 21. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Verse 21. And that could be chapter 12. Yes, it is. Ezekiel 12. Excuse me. Verse 21. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, what is this proverb that you people have about the land of Israel, which says the days are prolonged and every vision fails? Kind of sounds to me like what so many would say about America. America's over. It's had its greatest days in the past. There'll be no more mass scale evangelism in America. It's too uh, volatile. There's too much violence in America. Too much fighting and chaos. We could never have stability where there could be a move of God. I'd say that those things are wrong. I say that the best we haven't seen yet, that the glory is coming for, again, a purpose, an end time outpouring of the Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord. <sighs> Tell them, therefore, thus says the Lord God, I will lay this proverb to rest, and they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel, but say to them, the days are at hand, and the fulfillment of every vision. For no more shall there be any false vision or flattering divination within the house of Israel. Mm. Praise the Lord. There is a place where, like God told Abraham, one of the promises of the covenant blessing, I will bless you, and I will make your name great. So to have a great name, in a sense, is fame, or as we would say, to be famous. And that can be a part of the blessing. But there can be others that want to get into that fame. And it's, there are some that will do anything to get into it, even within the church. And they'll say anything that will get them exposure. Regardless of what it is, they don't care what they're saying. They just want exposure. And if they don't know what to say, trust me, they'll make it up. And there are those that are out there that are like that. They wouldn't say they're like that, but that's exactly what they do. And many of them, if you met them one-on-one, -on -one, would never give you the time of day. And they are what I would call oftentimes celebrity preachers. It doesn't include all of them. And just because there's a famous preacher doesn't mean that I would put them in that category. Because some of them are the real deal. Some of them are full of love. And they're, same, they're the same way on the camera as they are in their personal life. They're genuine. But there are others that are out there. And let me just tell you what it is. If you think there's politics in Washington, D.C., you wouldn't believe sometimes the politics that are in the church in America. And they don't want a real prophet to rise up because they don't want to be rebuked. Why? They lie their way of politics don't rock the boat in other words this is the way we do it and uh, you know we like our, our political games and we like our power structure and we like our carnality and we like uh, you know our empire that we're able to build out of this and that whole thing is upheld and strengthened by a spirit called the fear of man and uh, it's something that unless 
you're really crucified, uh, it can really mess with your head. So I believe, watch this, that God is raising up totally new platforms. And those certain platforms that think, We've got, we've got the edge of the market. We, we, we have the hold on it, so even the true voices cannot come up. Let me tell you right now, Saul does not want the Davids to come up. Saul wants to actually kill genuine anointing. Saul knew that David was a prophet, but he, was, he, was, he felt in, in, insecure and inferior around David. So what did he decide to do? Well, just kill him. Just kill him. And it's a spirit that works even in the church that comes upon those that says, take that person out, make sure whatever you do, don't promote that person. But you know what? When God lifts up, there is, there is nobody that can squelch the message. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we endeavor to work with platforms and ministries and networks that are tracking the same Holy Spirit tsunami that's coming. I don't have time for games. Can I just be a little bit raw with you today? I'm going to anyhow, whether you like it or not, but I know that you like it. Celebrity Christianity will not empower you to live the life of personal overcoming of sin. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I don't care if I overcome sin or not. Exactly. That's that whole culture. And it has gotten so strong in the church that the message of holiness is called legalism. The message of sanctification is called old-fashioned and irrelevant. And the things that God considers holy and sacred a lot, a lot of the church even mock, make fun of. But you have to remember what Jesus said. The things, and he was talking to the religious leaders, the things that men highly esteem are an abomination in the eyes of God. Mm, mm, mm. Woo! I'll go a little bit further. I feel, I feel in a daring mode today. And I, cover, I also cover, I cover certain things. I talked to a very well-known pastor one time who was friends with a very well-known minister. Uh, when I say very well known, I'm being, uh, uh, I'm dialing that down. Super well known. And he, he said, yeah, I was just at that minister's house. And I've been, he said, I've been to his house many times. I said, what's he like off camera? What's his house like? And my friend said, Stephen, would you like to know what his house is like? Now, my friend had a very large church. Okay, so he, he knows the culture also. That's out. He knows the politics that are in the church. He said, would you like to know what his house was like, his family life? I said, yeah. He said, it was like a zoo. That's probably the best way I can describe it. Total chaos, total pandemonium, total craziness. Uh, but, see, see, you have to remember, the gifts and the callings are without repentance. But these areas of character and what really matters, uh, so... You know, these things are, and some of these guys, they, they've kept it on track. They, they've almost steered their ministry into an iceberg, but they made some modifications. Thanks, th thanks be unto the Lord to correct some of these things. But the end time church does not have time for politics and where God's moving. 
and what God is doing. That's what we need to be gearing towards and going towards. And it's the glory. Woo! See, back in old time Pentecost, if you had a camp meeting, yeah, you could have, you could have speakers that you want to come. But here's the thing. Back in those days, when God was moving, if, if a man of God showed up and the Spirit was on him, everybody else stepped back and said, he's got the anointing, he's got the message, he's got the pulpit. Oh, today, oh boy, the, if, if stuff like that happened today, you know, people would scream and holler and cry and uh, have big fits and stuff like that. But you just want to flow with the Spirit. You want to flow with the Spirit. Pastor Stephen, you need to write some more books so that you could generate more money. No, I write books to help people. I write books to build up God's people so that they can be closer to the Lord. I don't write books to make money. These things in ministry and these things involving this next move of God, you have to be extremely careful with motives. Very, very careful with motives. Because if your motives are wrong, It'll get you off track, and you'll get bit sooner or later. Let me say this also. If your motives are not right, those windows will never fully open up. You can talk about the blessing. You can shout and holler about the blessing. But the windows will not really open in a way where God can pour the way He wants to. Why? Wrong motives. So the Lord sees these things. My friends, the Word is coming. And when the Word comes, you must be willing to run with it. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor Stephen, I, I, I don't want to run that way. That's where the word, the word says. I want to run over here where everything is cool. Uh, hey, I would suggest that you don't run the Saul's camp. Well, that's the big camp. That's where everybody's at. That's where everybody's at. It's already changing. It's already changing. And David is rising. Praise the Lord. But yet David, David out in the wilderness... Uh, you know, he's, he's got these people that are with him that are the triple D, debt, distress, discontent. They had all kinds of issues and problems, but what was God doing? He was working through David to raise up David and to raise up a group of men that would be overcomers and warriors and the future leaders, the future legends that would go down in history as having accomplished great exploits. Praise the Lord. Get ready for the new wine. Get ready to receive the new word. We only have so much time before we completely run out of time. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, you may want to take some extra time and seek the Lord. Somebody says, Pastor Stephen, maybe I should just Pack a suitcase and go away for a couple of days. Yes, you literally may want to do that. Why? To hear the word of the Lord, the now word, because God's still talking. God's still talking. Hallelujah. But you must desire that word more than your own food. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Pastor Stephen, we need to drain the swamp in D.C. Hey, what you see there is a lot of times what's going on in the church. There is a political swamp in the church. But God's going to do some amazing things. Amazing things. We keep, must keep moving forward. We must keep going to the glory. Hallelujah. And when the glory is there, we'll all be on our face before the Lord. 
receiving God's best, flourishing and walking in the full goodness of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay. Along with the word comes the signs and the wonder and the wonders that follow the preaching of that word or the preaching of that specific message. As I have shared this with you today, where is God going? What is God saying? What is the now word for the church and for you as an individual? As you seek the Lord and take this word seriously, the word of the Lord will come to you. It will come to you. Woo! Praise God. Now say that. Say, the word of the Lord will come to me. Mm-mm. Hallelujah. And should there be a little bit of a delay, it's not that God doesn't want to talk to you. It's just that the message is so weighty and so powerful. It could be perhaps that the enemy does not want you to receive that word, and he is trying to block the angelic messenger from bringing it to you. So you continue to seek and call out to the Lord, and reinforcements will come to break through the word so that it is received, and you hear what the Lord would share with you. And yes, I've had angels come to me on assignment from the Lord, on assignment. They literally came from heaven when they came. And shared the rhema preceding word with me from the Lord. Mm-mm. By the way, if you see an angel that is pulsating with glory, pulsating with energy, pulsating sometimes with like a, a blue light emanating, that means they just literally came from the throne room. See, your personal angel stays with you for your entire earthly life. But other angels can come on assignment. When they come on assignment, they are coming straight from heaven, having received the word of the Lord to bring to you. And when they come from heaven like that, they're carrying also the glory of the Lord because they were in the presence of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Get ready. One word from the Lord literally can change your life. Get ready. Get ready. It's coming to you. It can come also as an unveiling. Some of you have had scrolls that were rolled up and sealed, put into your mouth, put into your heart, but you never knew what was written on the scrolls. Get ready. The word of the Lord is coming, unveiling to you what was written on those scrolls, and you will step into it, and it will be fulfilled. Father, we give you praise. We thank you that your word is coming. In the name of Jesus, we all agree. And say, Amen. Woo! Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Now, if today's message seems a little weighty, look, I love the joy of the Lord. I like all of that. But all I'm trying to convey to you through a message of urgency is that you have to hear from the Lord. You have to receive now the word that God has for you. You need to really push right now. As if you haven't had food in a long, long time. And you need to cry out, and God will feed you with a good word. And I, w- I believe it will be like the word that the Lord gave to Jeremiah, and like the word that the angel gave to Zechariah. It was a comforting word. Praise the Lord. It's going to be good. So you really need to know about it. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, that your word will come because you are still speaking. Thank you, O God, in Jesus' name. And Father, we say that we're still eating. 
Woo! And we're ready for your word in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's get ready now to take Holy Communion. If you're watching today's program, but you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then don't wait another day. Don't wait for an angel to tap you on the shoulder and preach the gospel to you. It's probably not going to happen. Don't wait for somebody else to come along and to explain it in more detail. You have enough information now to make an informed decision. And if you're also watching today and you used to love the Lord and serve the Lord, but you have fallen far away from him and you're tangled up in sin right now, he gives the invitation to come back. So if you're lost or you're away from the Lord, pray this right now with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. Wash all of my sins away. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I give my heart to you. Fill me with your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Wash me and cleanse me from all sin. Thank you for a new start. Thank you for a fresh start. In your great name I pray. Amen. And amen. Now, don't look back. Your sins are forgiven. Serve the Lord. Now with all of your heart. Praise God. Please grab some unleavened bread. A little wafer will do or a little cracker. And grab some grape juice. Praise God. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We consecrate it through this prayer. We set, we set it apart as holy. And we thank you that this is now the body of Jesus and his blood. Thank you, O Lord. Father, as we receive the body of Jesus, we thank you that the eternal word, the living word is coming to us. And it will support and empower us to do what it is assigned to accomplish. So we dare to believe it. We dare to receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the body of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for clarity and for precision. We thank you that we will not take a wrong path. We thank you that we will not target something that you never told us to target. We thank you that we will not waste our time pursuing something that is not on your heart for us to pursue. We thank you, Father God, for accurate vision, accurate word, accurate fulfillment. We give you praise. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you that through his blood, we are in right standing with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Woo! Glory. Glory to the Lord. Just kind of hang out with me in spirit just for a moment. Glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise. We give you praise. Now, seek the Lord for the word, but don't try to force or fabricate something. Just seek the Lord, and then just allow God to speak whenever he wants to. Praise the Lord. The word may come through a dream, like it did for Joseph, 
who told uh, the angel in a dream told him to, you know, take the mother Mary and baby Jesus to Egypt. And then later the angel came with a dream, you know, move and go back into the to the land of Israel and so forth. It could come through a, a dream, could come through a prophet. It could come through the uh, the word of the Lord being spoken to you directly. When the word comes, it will it will be like velvet on the inside. Mm-mm. It'll feel so smooth and good, and you'll say yes, 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 yes. That's me, one hundred percent. That's God's word to me. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, remember, you can't take somebody else's word and make that work for you. You have to have your own word. Glory. Glory. And God's got one for you and you and you and you and you. God's got the word for you. Mm-mm. Thank you, Lord. You need to be in your right place. Hallelujah. You need to be in your right place because we're all interconnected by the Holy Spirit. We all have a part to play. Everybody does in this great commission of reaching the lost. Father, we praise you and thank you. Bless your people. Bless your people. We thank you for precision guidance through this word that's coming in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. My friends, thanks for watching. I look forward to seeing you back next time. Till then, stay richly blessed. Bye bye.